Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. It has been five years on the 18th, which is today, that a vision for you is celebrated, coming together. So today, my name, well, today and every day, my name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is July 18th, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. meeting. And we're reading in Chapter 5 how it works, and we're going to begin our reading on page 69, paragraphs, four paragraphs, paragraph 3, paragraph 4, and then page 70, paragraph 1, and paragraph 2. Today's readers are Melissa Kay for the 12 Steps of OA, Bonnie G for the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text will be Gina R., Eileen M., and John K. We have two share IDs for you. They are five digits. Yesterday, Monday, July 17th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,164. 10164. And today, July 18th, Tuesday, 2017, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,174. That's 10174. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's tradition states, this is our sole purpose. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa Kay to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. May I be heard? You can. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa Kay, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, 
humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. And thank you, Melissa Kay, for doing service. I will now ask Bonnie G. to please read the 12 traditions. Hi, Janice. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. This is Bonnie G. in South Florida, recovered compulsive eater. Uh, 12 traditions of OA. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me be of service. And thank you, Bonnie G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then we stop and share on what was read. Now, anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. Now, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Now, today we resume our study in the big book on page 69. And our first reader will begin on paragraph three, whatever our ideal turns out to be. And I will ask Gina R. to begin reading for us. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service. And hello to everybody on the line, especially the newcomer. My name is Gina R. I'm from Colorado, and today I'm calling you from Green Valley, Arizona. Gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. We must be willing to make amends where we have done harm, provided that we do not bring about still more harm in doing so. In other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. The right answer will come if we want it. God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. We realize that some people are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we are going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only a half-truth. It depends on us and on our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and we will have learned our lesson. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing. These are facts about these are facts out of our experience. To sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and for the strength to do the right thing. If sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. We think of their needs and work for them. This takes us out of ourselves. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. Set my timer. Oh my goodness, what a... A lot there is in these four paragraphs. Um, I have underlined, we treat sex as we would any other problem. And for me and my experience, because of my um, early experience having experienced sexual abuse as a young child, I did not... um, really want to look at this uh, when I first began working the steps um, when I came into a sister program but when I started the work in this program just a little over a year ago now um, my sponsor helped me to understand that even though this chapter is um, talking about sex it really does correlate to all of my relationships and how I, as a female, 
use my sexual instinct in each of those. So it's not just about, um, you know, sex acts and those sorts of things. And that really helped me to embrace this in a way uh, where I could actually see what I was doing with the food um, that didn't line up with the ideal that um, I was able to create for myself. And the ideal that I have at this point, and this is something that is an evolving um, concept and document for me, uh, but early on it was basically that the ideal was not to use food to keep me separate from other people, especially my husband, and especially my husband in the context of our sexual relationship. So in meditation I did ask God, what I would do about this matter. And instead of um, letting him go to sleep and I would stay up and um, eat for the next hour and then stumble into bed into a food fog, uh, my ideal is uh, to join him as he goes to sleep and have that time together. Can I tell you that I do that every day and every night? No. And that's where it says, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. It doesn't mean I have to eat. It just means that I have the awareness and the ability to act on that in a new way with um, the steps and the tools I have with this program and to use the strength that God gives me to get through it each day. So with that, I pass, and I thank you for the opportunity to share. And thank you so much for sharing, Gina. Okay, we're commenting on all the four paragraphs on page 69, 3 and 4, and then 1 and 2 on page 70. Who would like to begin? John K. Was that Charles H.? No, John K. Oh, gee, John K. Got me mixed up with Charles. Yeah, well, you're a man. (laughs) Okay, anybody else? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Something Z. Liat C D. Oh yeah. Fayat. Okay. Liat. Oh golly. I'm gonna do this. I don't know. Yeah, Liat D. Thank you so much. My backbone here. And thank you, Liat. Anybody else? Something H. Nakiba H. <laughs> Nakiba? Nakiba with an F. Mm-hmm. Could just spell that for me, please. N A K. A A K. No, ma'am. And like Nancy. Go ahead. A K. Yes. I E. F like Frank. A. Okay. Okay, Nakia. Nakia. A. All right, my dear. I'm just slaughtering your names. Please forgive okay. me. Next. Next. Judy P. Oh, Judy P. As in Paul. Yes. Okay, got that one. Okay, and give me one more. One more. Anybody? Terry H. Terry. Terry H. Okay, nice group. All right. Okay. 
Um, John Kay, please go ahead. Hey, okay. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, in, back in Los Angeles. Um, oh, the dreaded sex inventory. Um, I would, we just talked about this this weekend in Portland. Uh, we had a great session on body image and sexuality around a bonfire. It was actually quite a special experience. Um, you know, this is a place where I, I, I really stop and talk. Well, uh, in looking ahead to this, I talk, talk to my sponsees about the idea that there's a step four and then there's a step five, not a step four or five. No, not one, you know, much together step. Because I think it's so important that when you do a four step, you do it for the idea of getting that out to look at yourself with no eye toward giving it away to whomever. And the important thing is I also tell them you can give your fourth step away to anybody, a, you know, a clergyman, a therapist. I gave one to a therapist, et cetera, because especially when it comes to stuff like sex inventory, if you're censoring yourself, you're not doing the fourth step right. So I tell them do not in any way think about that because I think it's important. Um, in terms of with, with me, um, when, when it came to a sex inventory, when I came in to my original first program, Having been a fat kid and having been a fat and shy young man, I, I didn't have a whole lot of this list because I didn't have a whole lot of experience. Uh, I wasn't totally without experience, but I didn't have a lot of amends to me. Uh, the one I know I had concerned somebody I, I had you know slept with and then had no real desire to be in any long-term relationship with and uh, ended up breaking that off very quickly after you know, after sex. And looking back, I... I could realize I'd probably hurt her, uh, but it didn't dawn on me that she was really hurt. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, I was your typical hormone-laden male in his early 20s with a severe deficit of sex. Well, all young guys think that. But I had such low self-esteem that I, I thought walking away from her uh, abruptly wouldn't really hurt her because I wasn't worth missing. You know, I... It wasn't until I came into program and did some self-examination that I realized how much of an amendment I probably needed to make there. Uh, but even then, at the early times of recovery, I didn't see this hurting you very much. As time has gone on and I can look back with more recovery, I probably, I probably did hurt more than I, than I wanted to admit to myself at the time. Um, I desperately would love to make amends to her, uh, but I don't know how to find her because it was back east and. Uh, I don't even remember her last name, and, and I know that's sad, but at the, uh, it was at the height of my drinking, so there's large amounts of things that are pretty foggy to me at that time. Uh, but um, uh, it's one of those amends I sincerely hope God will find a way to help me do. You know, for now I have to believe that where it says here in the reading about, you know, if we're sorry for what we have done and have an honest desire to let God take us to better things, we will be forgiven. And, and I know since I've been in program, amends like that have never needed to be made again. Um, the, the final thing I'll say, and then I'll shut up, is um, I think this is one of the main sections for which the cause, except when to do so, would injure them or others, is added in that night stuff. Because if sex conduct involves third parties, it's it's often not our place, to, you know, to place a burden on others simply for the sake of alleviating our guilt. But this is also a place where I truly believe we need guidance. That we need guidance from a sponsor. Because I could take that except when to do so as a loophole to get out of making tough amends. And also, uh, for me, I need to take guidance not only from that sponsor, but from prayer and meditation, my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, John Kay. All right. Let's go. 
Liot D. Liot. Did I get that right, TD? Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for the moderator, and thank you for everyone on the line. Uh, my name is Liat TD, and I am a recovered uh, compulsive overeater. Um, when I got clean with the food uh, over 17 years ago, after being 12 years in, in L.A., I was sure, and I was losing weight really fast. I was in food plan, and I knew this is it. I also knew right away that I'm done with the food and I've recovered. I was convinced that my problems, my family problem, my, you know, my husband will love me more, the kids will behave better, everything will work well, I'll be a better worker. And since I grew up an overweight person, I always thought that my, that when I would, my sex life will, will be better, I'll be able to have a better relationship. For some reason, the weight was what I thought my problem. And uh, although I was very promiscuous as an overweight person, um, I don't know how I how I pulled that off. <laughs> but anyways, um, what I I know is I as I got to a normal weight, I actually I felt so vulnerable. I didn't want anyone to teach me, to touch me, sorry. I didn't want my husband to touch me. I felt like a dried raisin. I, all the juices were gone. <laughs> I had nothing in me. I was vulnerable. I was exposed. Every touch hurt me. It took me being clean from the food, being in a normal body weight, being compl- connected to the truth to see how messed up I am in so many areas of my life and definitely with sex you know I had no clue what is it what do you do you know and it says in this what we read it says if we're not sorry and our conduct continues we're sure to drink to harm others we're sure to drink and it took me years to see and years clean and recovered and going through the steps to see how I've harmed, and, and this is something that I'm just developing, the whole idea of how to relate to a partner in an intimate way without bringing all my baggage with me, how I harm the, pe- the, the man that I live with that loves me, and how to relate to him and how to... So, um, man, this is... I know that this is... It's not about sex. It's not about food. It's about my behavior. It's about my selfishness. It's about me walking around with baggage and wreckage and not letting it go and going and living uh, along spiritual lines. I love you all. Have a wonderful day. And thank you so much, Liot TD. Okay, now we have uh, Nakifa A. Press one to unmute. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Okay, this is Nikifa H. Nikifa. Um, okay. Yeah, okay, don't worry Nikifa. about it, everybody. Yeah. I'm going to learn that name, Nikifa. Okay, got <laughs> there it. There it goes. Okay. 
thank you, everybody, and thank you for the lead. Um, uh, this sex deal is, uh, man, it's it, it just it just got me. You know, I'm 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 brand new to uh, program, and I can feel when you know I want to eat. And then I'm like, oh, you can't eat, and then it'll immediately go to some kind of sex or some extravagant thing. I can make up, you know, those lusts of our lower reasons, whatever one of the books say. And um, I do, I do have an ideal, but it seems so far fetched at the moment, and um, I can only guess that one. Uh, I still have remnants of food in my system that need to get out. So there's no real spirituality in there. You know, I'm, I'm, my body's still trying to heal from the abuse of substances. And uh, I I just hope and I pray that, as with the food, that the sex life will line up. And um, I so appreciate the re- reader talking about um, it's not going to be perfect, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but um, there may be some, I'm not going to get it right 100%, but at least if I can get it right, more right than I have it now will be progress, you know, and um, talking with my sponsors, like progress, not perfection, it's really hard because I want this, I want this to be right. I want it to be perfect. And I'm learning the hard way that there's no perfect. Um, so I'm really glad that the literature brings up sex and it's not as taboo. You know, now, um, I got sober in another fellowship, and when this page 69 comes up, it's like crickets in a room, you know. Uh, so I really appreciate that here, because it's going line by line and paragraph by paragraph, that it will get the attention because it is a big deal, um, at, at least for me. You know, I don't, I don't know everybody's story, but I need to talk about it, and I need you all's experience to guide me towards a better ideal and a better way to go. You know, so um, I just, I just, I just really appreciate the reading this morning, and that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Nakifa A. Yep. How about uh, Judy P? It's your turn. Hi. Uh, thanks so much for your service. Uh, GDP, uh, compulsive overeater from central New Jersey. And, um, you know, I love this line because it's such a strong warning. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We're not theorizing. These are facts out of our experience. And I did not understand that um, in my first recovery or in my second recovery that, you know, lust and, uh, you know, this obsessive daydreaming and fantasizing was just as damaging as if I went out and did something. I never got that. I thought, you know, well, I'm not eating, so what's the big deal? But, you know, I do believe, like anything not of God, you know, all roads will lead to food eventually. And uh, it wasn't until this recovery that I got it. And I only got it when I heard somebody else share about it. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, you know, i got to give that up. And it, it was hard, but, you know, God did lift it. And um, I, I could just never see the damage before. 
But, you know, God doesn't want me to live in a fantasy world. He's created this amazing, beautiful life for me. And it's just total disrespect. But um, I have no idea if that's one of the reasons why I picked up in my prior two recoveries, but probably I wasn't doing any 10th or 11th step work on it, and I was still living in my head. So um, I think somebody's unmuted. So anyway, um, I just like that they give such a strong warning, and I do pay attention to those warnings. Um, and I'm very grateful that we have this in here because it's been such a, you know, kind of a mixed up thing for me too. I mean, I'm married 22 years and it's still a confusing thing. And, you know, when I first came into program, um, I'd been in a relationship for eight years prior with somebody else. And um, it was actually with a woman. And I thought that was the life, you know, God had planned for me, but it wasn't. And, um, you know, I just have to keep being open to God's perfect plan for my life. And it is perfect. Um, and the only way I can do that is to keep the food down and work these steps every day and um, just to stay in conscious contact with God all day long. And I love that, you know, my favorite AA speaker would share, you know, the only, every problem is the same problem. We lose contact with God, and every problem has the same solution. It's conscious contact with God. And I'm so grateful for a loving and forgiving God. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Judy P. Okay, Terry H., it's your turn. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the great state of North Carolina. Very grateful today. It's a beautiful day. Um. You know, whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. That's in the big book on page 69. Now, when I did my four-step inventory in the sex inventory, you know, my biggest thing and my biggest prayer at that time was just to be rigorously honest. Um, You know, for a lot of my life, you know, my, my book, thoughts and beliefs and understanding about sex were, was very dis- distorted from a very early age in life. And I just wanted to be rigorous honest and look at the harms that I did as a result in the, in the blocks that were between my higher power and myself because I lived in this victim, victimhood for most of my life and fear and shame. And doing my four-step inventory and, and working on that and, and working with my sponsor, you know, I was able to clear those blocks and get that understanding um, most definitely in that, in that area. You know, today I feel like if I am right in, my, in a right relationship with my higher power and walking hand-in-hand in, hand in that relationship and growing and strengthening and expanding that relationship, it trickles down into all my other relationships and contacts with other people in my most intimate relationships. You know, I am still, you know, creating that ideal, and I am willing to grow toward it. I'm willing to continue to clear those blocks and, and work with my higher power. God is the only one that can judge me. God is the only one that knows and, you know, that's what I'm seeking. I'm seeking understanding from God and what God wants from me in my relationships with other people, my most intimate relationships with my partner, with my friends, with my son. 
And, you know, from that, you know, that is my ideal, to be loving, kind, and considerate. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to learn and grow. And, you know, for the newcomer, just, you know, keep working and keep, you know, seeking, you know, your higher power in this process and the fourth step. Because it can be challenging. Our disease will work on us during that process. But, you know, stick close to your higher power because you did one, two, and three, and you got to four, so you're doing your inventory. You have your higher power. Trust him. Trust her. Trust it Um, because it will continue to take you farther. And thank you guys for letting me share, and I hope everyone has a great day, and I pass. Well, thank you. You had a couple of seconds. I just happened to flick this. Okay, who would like to comment next? Kathleen O. Kathleen. Eileen. Sherry KB. Eileen. Kathleen O. Eileen. Sherry KB. Is it Sherry? Yes, it is. Sherry KB. Yeah, Sherry KB. Okay, we got, is it Eileen M? Yes. Okay, Courtney B. Courtney B. And there was somebody before you there, before Courtney. Lori T. T as in Tom? Yes. Okay. Just maybe somebody doesn't know it, but they may be unmuted. So kindly reminder, a kindly reminder to please mute your phone if you're not Kathleen O at this time. Thank you. Laurie? Oh, okay. Go ahead, Kathleen O. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. Mm -hmm. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And, you know, this is a fact-finding and fact-facing. Um, it's not, this whole sex thing is, it's, you know, we're not to judge. The purpose is to shape, you know, a sound and safe ideal. And for me, um, you know, I, I grew up in a family where I was taught and demonstrated high morals and I was a teenager and in my young 20s in the 70s when, you know, popular song was sex and drugs and rock and roll. And so I threw everything out the window. And um, <clears throat> that I had learned as a, as a young person. And, you know, did I have regrets later? Yes, I did have regrets. And so for me, this was about, you know, forgiving myself and making amends for those who I had harmed. And, and even as I continued through this process, one of the things I struggled with, which I really wasn't even aware of because I was, was flirting. I thought, oh, flirting is so much fun and, you know, it's harmless and, um, and it feels good. Well, the truth is, if I'm in a relationship, it's hurting the person I'm in a relationship with. If the person I'm flirting with is in a relationship, it's hurting the person that they're in a relationship with. So, um, you know, that was something that I had to come to terms with and stop doing. And I tell you, for me, it was about as fun as as eating. Um, so, you know, today I don't need to do that. And when I was told to write a sex ideal, you know, I wrote things like kind, loving, affectionate, loyal and devoted, forgiving, patient, sense of humor, you know, good communication skills. Well, I read it wrong. I thought that's, I was writing who I wanted. <laughs> And my sponsor said, no, those are all the things you need to be. And so this is, this, you know, when I went through this, this is, it was really um, 
an eye opener for me. And, um, and I'm just very grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Kathleen O. Eileen M., it's your turn. Hi, this is Eileen M., a recovered compulsive overeater in New Hampshire. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, great. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful uh, for this program. And, uh, you know, this area of my life has always been very shame-based. And, you know, in looking back at my relationships, I got into some very unhealthy relationships. And I stayed in them because I didn't want to be alone. And, um, you know, for me, it was preferable than being by myself was to be in these relationships. And, you know, some of them I really had no business being in at all. And in many cases, I put these men before my recovery and I lost the relationships. And, you know, today, you know, recovery and my higher power has to be the number one thing in my life. It's got to come before everything else because I, you know, I'm powerless and, um, I love what was shared at the 7 a.m. meeting this morning about, you know, if I could fix this disease myself, I would just go out and get a couple of self-help books, you know. And I tried that, and they didn't work, you know, because I was, I was trying to fix something that I was powerless over. So, um, you know, and I also want to share that I love how it says, God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with others is desirable. Um, when I was doing my ninth step and, you know, going back to these men that I had harmed, it was really helpful to talk with other people in the program about it, you know, rather than to just kind of go jump in blindly and try to, you know, do it myself. Um, that really helped me a lot, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you for the opportunity to share. I pass. Well, thank you so much, Eileen. Okay, Sherry KB, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much for your service, Janice, and welcome to everybody on the line. Um, you know, uh last couple of days we've been talking about this, and we uh, have talked about that there's actually three prayers in um, this section, and the first one we talked about um, yesterday was we ask God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. And today we're talking about we ask God that we should do we should do about each specific matter, and the right answer will come if we want it. And the right answer will come if we want it actually is a promise. Um, and then the other one is that we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for the guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and for strength to do the right thing. So that's the third um, uh, relationship prayer that we have here. And... Um, what I do know, too, and I heard on the 7 a.m. as myself as well, is that, you know, it's not up to me to heal this. It's up to my higher power. And what, what struck me today was that when I did, when I was working on my resentments, I really thought I was never going to get rid of those. And, you know, it wasn't up to me to get rid of those. Um, my higher power removed those, not me. And um, I just have to write it out and write down you know, what this is about, and it will be healed. And, um, wow, that is amazing to me because I have some history, like a lot of us, um, from sexual abuse as a child to, um, you know, uh, being promiscuous to being shut down um, for various, you know, times in my life. And, you know, the intimacy and everything with, with my husband that I've been with and how I've used that 
as motives and used that as manipulation and used other ways of, like it was mentioned, flirting and all this other kind of stuff. But what I love is we've got specific directions here that's telling us that we must be willing to grow toward it and I must be willing to make amends where I have done harm, provided I don't bring any other harm to anyone else. Um, and I love this because the word we ask is about prayer. And um, and I love that for every um, prayer we have, there's a promise. And thank you so much, and I'm so grateful to my higher power and that I pass. Thank you so much. <clears throat> uh, Courtney P., Courtney B., please. My name is Courtney B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Hmm. So what happened for me, it kind of opened up a larger discussion required about sexuality in general, about boundaries and safety and safety ideals, weird ideas about sex. I started asking myself, what was I taught? Who taught me? What did my parents teach me? School? the church, the government, the world, what was I taught? And sexuality in general, there was like, and and, and I came up with like huge general statements regarding men versus women, women in the world, male entitlement, women as Madonnas or whores, that that I'd been taught beauty was threatening and and there are all these double standards, you know, and that somehow I was responsible for men's lust, so I had to cover up all this stuff stuff just came pouring out on the page. And I'm like, wow, that that as a woman, I was taught we really had no voice or vote. The only power I had was sexuality because that was something they wanted. So I could use it as power and control and safety. And I was, I remember saying to um, someone at a meeting, I don't want to lose weight. My fear is I won't have any female friends. They'll be threatened. And if I'm fat in a group of women, I won't be threatening. And men will just be after me. Wow, I had no idea. I believe that. That's the beauty of inventory. And and I absorbed all these beliefs. I never even asked myself what I thought or what I believed. And I certainly never even thought I could ask God about this. Wow. So how wonderful. I just love where it says we ask God for these for the right ideal in each situation, and that has changed things around because I have never felt safe as a woman in the world, and it has a lot to do around the stuff I was taught. So a lot of this inventory for me is, oh, old ideas, new ideas, old ideas, new ideas, and um, with, with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, Laurie T. Okay, we can open up the meeting. We could still have some more. Who would like to be next? Laurie T. Oh, did it, is this Laurie T now? That was Courtney B? No, we were two separate people. Okay, Laurie T, next. Anybody else? All right, I might take and put my name in there a minute. Okay, Laurie T, please go ahead. Uh, good morning, thank you. Um, this is Laurie T, from Postal Eater. And um, I really appreciate the meeting. I'm sorry that I was crying during the share. It was a good thing. Um, So I was asking God just really during this meeting, what should my ideal be? And um, and he said, um, kind of 
kind of like our relationship, you know, what do you want with that? And I was like, you know, I don't know. And so, anyway, the word the word gentleness came to my mind, that that's really what my idea would be, would be to be treated gently. I thought, you know, with many experiences I had, consensual or non, um, gentleness would have, um, I believe, not made them so painful. And then, of course, um, it occurred to me that I haven't been gentle, and I didn't live that on my um, arms list. I've, I've not been gentle with people. I've not been gentle with my tone. I've not been gentle with my facial expressions. I've not been kind. I've not been all the things that I very desperately hope to um, experience um, as a recipient. And it just it's a beautiful sadness. I kind of feel it now because I see how much harshness I've contributed and how much meanness. And because it says we treat sex like we would any other problem, I see that the the gentleness I didn't extend and didn't receive. I've done that in every other area where there has been a problem. And um, and it's very wonderful to come to a meeting like this. And because so many other people said things and got me thinking that I know God worked through them to be able to see that that is something that not only can be my ideal, but something I can look back over my past and um, and, and look at it differently and, and become a better person and, and, and a happy person. And I could do that at any weight. But thank you so much for the program, and thank you for letting me share. Right now. And thank you so much, Lori. Okay, my name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Boy, what a day. The two best days of my life, coming to a vision for you and being married on this day 53 years ago. Now, here's a couple, my husband and I, who would I didn't think I was going to be married five years. But through this program, I didn't realize that I was a selfish woman when it came to, see, sex is just a symptom. I mean, you know, it's, it's all about my, my character traits. And I love the sentence that says, in doing so, in other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. Well, what were my other problems? Well, they were resentment. They were dishonesty. They were fear. They were selfish. They were inconsiderate. Those are my problems. And with all my problems, I was taught in the 12 steps, there's one solution. Always, if we look at resentment, there's a resentment prayer. Fear, there's a fear prayer. And I can tell you from my experience, resentments that I had for years are gone. They've been taken away. Not by me, by by the process of the steps here. And in prayer, asking God what he would have me be. Now, how do we know what he wants us to be? Well, I know for me, I was very dishonest. So it's simple. I have to become more honest. I have to practice to become more more honest. I have to be less deceptive. I have to be less justifying in this area. Rationalization, oh, God knows. Well, when we say that, we've got to be careful because God does know at least my higher power, Uh, selfish. I was very selfish because my life wasn't going the way I wanted it. So I wanted to feel good. 
whether I took the food to feel good or whether I gambled or whether I went out, whether I spent money, I was always looking for the comfort, the la-la land. And, uh, you know, the la-la land got me to, uh, to real heartache, heartache with my children, heartache with other people, heartache with my husband, you know, inconsiderate, considering only myself, it's got to do with everything. Uh, gossip was resentment. Sex, it doesn't matter. The problems are all the same. It's me. It's me, oh God. And, and, and so the ideals would be the opposite of my character defects. So I have to, this, this step is wonderful. I never was, re, it never revealed to me what, what the real problem was. But when I did this step, I went, oh, it is selfish. I have to stop blaming the other person. I saw so many things. And whose ideal are we working towards? God's ideal wants us to be and practice these uh, principles in the 12 steps. These are his, his commands. That's why God alone can judge us. Because remember, other people are fine, but we are, I am beyond human aid. So I have to bring it to God. And with that, I will pass. Okay. We have maybe time for one or two more, maybe one. Who would like to take that? Anybody? All right. Okay. Well, I am going to, um, um, let's see. Nope, nobody else. All right. Uh, let me just... Uh, <laughs> Got to wrap up here. And so I thank everyone who has shared. So just don't go away. Keep tuned for our newcomer greeter and our, um, if you want to meet a sponsor. So we will close this portion just with the um, reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Eileen M., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, this is Eileen M. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.